morning. I'm going to do something that might give my dad a seizure. I have set the podium a foot off center because that's over there and I'm too lazy to move it. So if you see him convulsing over there, it's just, it's just his OCD kicking in. <laughs> oh, it's good to see you all. Happy Sunday. Man, that was, wasn't that a good time of worship? Oh. There's something about just the simplicity of, of sharing the truth of Scripture with each other that, that's just powerful. And I, I have to confess, I, am, I, 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 I get jealous when I hear certain people read or speak, um, especially when they have accents that I, I feel I, I, I get jealous of because I feel like if I had that accent, people would listen to me and, and think I am much more intelligent than I actually am if I just had a cool accent like that. Um, but that was a, a great, great time in worship. I, I love it when, we, when more of us get to participate in um, calling on the name of the Lord and, and encouraging each other. Uh, well, we're, we're, we've been looking at, at a, we've been in a series called Re- Relation Resto, um, looking at restoring our relationships and, and what it takes to have meaningful ones. And we've been doing that through actually going through the, the, the Ten Commandments the, the old, in the Old Testament, that original guideline that God gave us to help us and to guide us to having successful, meaningful, proper relationships. Uh, we, we've been kind of taking, taking a stroll through these. And um, so far we've covered the first three, which focused on, on our relationship with, with God. And we're not going to rehash all that. We don't, we don't have time. If, you, if you've missed the last few weeks, you can find those online if you're interested. Um, but the last six... They are focused on, on our relationships with each other. Now, of course, there's always a kind of overflow between um, our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. But the last six are really focused on, on horizontal relationships, how, how we treat each other, what we, what we can and can't do with each other. Um, but in between these two kind of sections is our, our command, our verse, our passage that we're going to look at today. And, and this one actually bridges both. It truly is a connection point between these two focuses. Uh, this, this verse directly relates to our relationship with God, and it significantly impacts how we interact, how we relate to each other. You know, in, in Hebrew writing, um, I've mentioned this before, they don't use punctuation. Um, they didn't have emojis back then. Uh, or, or highlighters, or bold, or underline. So the way in, in Hebrew text, one of the ways that they would emphasize something was was the length and the number of words and characters that they would use on that part of the story, or or the the message, or the the the, the commandment, or whatever it was. The more they wrote about it, the more important it was. And the verse we're going to look at today, although there's 10 commandments, this, this passage, this commandment, takes up 20% of the overall text. More than its fair share. We're going to be looking today at um, a, a, one I, I'm sure you're familiar with, remembering the Sabbath to keep it holy. Now, the interesting thing with, as much as it's significant, as much as in Hebrew text, it, it's giving us this clue that this one is, is to be focused on. It's, it's in the middle of the 10, and it's the longest section. I think, um, just my opinion, but it seems that of all the commandments, remembering to observe the Sabbath might be the one we take the least serious. It's hard to imagine um, us giving kind of the same level of importance as, as some of the other ones, like, you know, having no other gods before me or, you know, don't murder somebody. Uh, we, we don't, we, yet this, this command is vital, vital to us being able to keep the other commandments. This is a support 
structure. And we're going to look at that today, how God has given us this good command so that we may keep the others. So today I have, I have two goals for us as we, as we kind of look through this verse. And the first one is to understand and be convinced of the importance of remembering the Sabbath. We're going to start, we're gonna, I want to build a case for us, look at a number of different ways why it's so significant, why God put this in the top 10, why do we need to make it top priority in our lives? And then we want to look at how you can observe the Sabbath in a more intentional way. That is, so we're going to build a case for it, and then we're going to build a plan for our Sabbath. We're going to look at um, what that really means in, today, um, in today's world, and, and how do we actually make this how do we actually observe and keep the Sabbath in our lives today? And I have to confess something. Um, this is a Sunday uh, where, I, as I was, especially as I was preparing for this Sunday, um, this is what I'm going to have to call a do as I say, not as I do sermon. Um, <laughs> I, I mentioned it to Shannon this week. I said about halfway this week, I said, you know, I, after Sunday, me and you have to sit down and have, have, discuss what I'm going to talk about on Sunday because we need to go, we, I need to figure this out for myself because I have, to, I have to be honest, I don't do this, not well at all. And, and in preparing for it, the Lord was like really impressing on me that, you know, you should you should get on that because things are going to go badly if you don't. Um, so I am, I am with maybe some of you as we go through this. If, this, if, this, uh, if there's a level of conviction in this for you, um, or you, you realize that maybe remembering the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath has not been a, a regular part of your life, I, I'm just, I'm with you. Um, so I, I felt I had to confess that to you in the... Um, and just the, the spirit of transparency, um, we're all in this together, all right? Uh, before we actually read our passage for today, let's just take a moment and invite the Lord's presence to, to, to speak to us through his word. Jesus, we thank you for, for your presence this morning. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to, to celebrate who you are and, and to connect with each other this morning. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts through your word this morning, that you would individually today convict us of um, the importance of this good gift you've given us, and would you guide each one of us on how, how you want each one of us as individuals, as individual families and, and, and individual people to connect with you in this special way. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. So Exodus chapter 20, starting in verse 8, he says, Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. And I'm just going to stop right there. Notice that this passage starts with an assertion of work. Honoring the Sabbath starts with six days of diligent work. This is um, something in, in, I think, in our culture. I don't, I don't know that this is, I'm sure this is not in all our cultures. But it, it feels to me, I, I, I feel this mentality in myself creeping in, that the goal of working, the goal of, of, of our professional lives or our home lives is to not work, right? Isn't that, that's, that's kind of the, the idea we have. Like I, I work because I have to and, I, I, and the goal of my work is to work as little as possible and, if, and maybe work smart enough that at some point I don't have to work at all. And then if we do that enough, then, you know, or if we're diligent when we're young, then someday we get to not work, you know, and enjoy the, the, the second part of our life if, 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 if we saved enough and we made enough and all these things. Um, but this is not a, a scriptural idea. God gave us work. It's a good gift. Work was not a result of the fall. 
toil and pain in work was, but God gave Adam work to do. We were created to create. And so it's important that we understand that the Sabbath is needed, but the Sabbath is needed if we do the part that we're supposed to be doing, which is working for six days. We should be pouring all of ourselves, not in an unbalanced, unhealthy way, but we should be going about our jobs with everything we have. It's an expression of, of, it's a way to express worship. It's a way to use the gifts and abilities that God has given us. It's a way that we can testify and let others see his light shining through us. If you want to be a light in your workplace and to your friends, please, please, don't be the most lazy dude on your job. Work is important. So we start there, that, that the Sabbath starts with, with an understanding of the good gift that work is and implementing and working in our lives. And then out of that, God gives us the Sabbath. And we see that in verse 10. He says, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, any foreigners living among you, the monster living under your bed, anybody. (laughs) Verse 11, for in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them, but on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath and set it apart as holy. How many people understand God didn't rest on the seventh day because he needed a break, right? He did it as, obviously, as a model for us. So why is this so important? Why is it so crucial that we make observing the Sabbath a real intentional part of our lives? Well, I want to build a case to give you a couple of, couple of reasons why it's so important. The first one is that observing the Sabbath is an act of obedience, it's in the command, right? This, this Ten Commandments, not Ten Suggestions. Um, and like all laws, when we break them, we suffer the consequences. Now, th- these laws are not the... The consequence of breaking God's laws much of the time is not an angry God vengefully trying to get back at you, right? It's not, it's not like speeding and the, the, the cop chases you down, pulls you over, and makes you pay a penalty. That's one kind of law. But when you think of these laws, much of the time, it's more like the law of gravity than, you know, paragraph two, subsection three. Like if you jump off a cliff, the law of gravity is not angry at you, but you're still going to fall and die <laughs> because it's just the natural response that's just what happens when, when, when you try and break that law. It's a natural consequence. Internally, we are designed to function well when we observe the laws that God set up and we suffer when we don't. It's like getting the oil changed in your car. You can not do it, and eventually the oil will burn up and your car will blow up, right? Or seize, and you, it's the end of your car, new engine time. Um, that is not, that is not the, 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 the car company trying to, to get you. That's just you not properly using the car the way it was designed. And so remembering the Sabbath is an act of obedience. God has set this in place and we are, we are going to suffer the consequences if we don't obey. That's the first one. The second is that observing the Sabbath is an act of generosity. It's a good thing. Listen, this this command to rest one day a week, it's so part of our our culture that we we just, you know, when something has been around for, for so long and a part of the fabric of the culture that you're in, it just becomes like white noise. Like you don't understand, you don't know the parts that are special about it, right? 
And this is one of those. This was unheard of in the ancient Near East. To have a whole day set aside to rest from God. A God who gives space for rest and considers the well-being of his people as important enough to give them that time was completely different than anything anyone had seen up until this point. And so observing the Sabbath is a, is a testament to the generosity of God. This command is a gift, not just an obligation. And when we obey the Sabbath, when we observe it, not only is it, is it a generous thing that, that God is giving to us, but when we observe it, it's a generous act that we give to those around us. Because it's hard, right? It, sometimes it's hard to make space. It's hard, it's hard to do the things we're going to be talking about doing. But if you will, you, are create, you create, a, it's a ripple effect. The sphere of influence, the people around you, the people that work for you, the people that work with you, your family. When you create that, that, that rhythm in your life, it gives them permission, and sometimes, depending on how they're, they're connected to you, it, it, you create this bubble that they just fall into. And they get the benefit of, of, the, uh, of the observing the Sabbath that you have created. It's a generous act to those around you. Sometimes it feels like when we, when we pursue rest or, or pursue this, sometimes in our heads we get this idea that it feels, you know, especially if you're a service kind of person, an acts of service, it feels selfish to, to try and block out time and, and not do all the things that you think need done, but it's not. It's an act of generosity. Not only is it an act of generosity, but observing the Sabbath is an act of trust and an act of worship. Observing the Sabbath, especially in our, our culture, is, is a significant act of worship because it re requires us to place our trust in God that the resources and the time he has given us is sufficient. In Hebrews Chapter 11, verse 1 says, Faith is the confidence that we, we hope for what will actually happen, and it gives us the assurance about the things we cannot see. When we set this day aside, we are in a very practical way placing our faith in the Lord. And sometimes, um, sometimes I... I I don't know if you ever experienced this or feel this. Sometimes I, especially in times of worship, I, I have this desire to like act on my faith. But sometimes I don't, you ever have this thing where you're just not sure what, what to do, right? <laughs> like, like I want to I do an act of faith, but I don't, I don't, God, I don't know how to put it into, into action. I don't know what that thing is that you want me to do. Well, this is a great example of something every week that God has instructed you to do it's clear as day that is an act of worship and an act of faith if we will implement it. It takes trust to say, I'm taking this block of time and I'm, I'm going to trust that all that, that, that you know, list as long as your arm of things, everyday things, the, the laundry and the this and the that and the emails and the, the whatever, the washing the car and the dog and the kids and all that it's it's gonna get like it's it's gonna get done <laughs> like no one's no one's gonna die of dirt in the next 24 hours we can we can pause from from the everyday hustle of life and remember the lord it's an act of worship to say god i'm going to put you first by giving you this time and living this this time period the way you are instructing me to, regardless of the consequences. It seems simple, but when it plays out in our real lives, it, 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 it creates opportunities really for, for some radical trust at times. It's an act of trust and worship. Not only is it an act of, of trust and worship, but observing the Sabbath is a way to testify about Jesus. See, there's a connection. You know, the, uh, someone once said that the, 
the Old Testament is just the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is just the Old Testament revealed. And so much of the Old Testament, when we look at the life of Jesus, we find out that he is quite literally just the, is the revelation of what happened in the Old Testament. The whole, the whole point of the Old Testament was to just point at Jesus' life. And we see this here in, in this scripture. The book of Hebrews is, is an amazing letter. The, the writer of it, um, the focus in the book is, is, how, is just that, how the Old Testament connects to Jesus. If you're ever curious about those, those connections, the book of Hebrews is a great, great place to read. Um, and in chapter 4, the author teaches us how Jesus came to bring us the ultimate Sabbath. Chapter 4 begins talking about how God promised us a place of rest. That's kind of the beginning of chapter 4. And then in verse 4, he says, we know it. And he's talking about this place of rest that that God has, has designed for us. We know that this place of rest is ready because the place in Scripture where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all his work. What's he saying there? He's saying from the beginning of time... God intended us to have a life marked by rest and peace and harmony and rhythm. It was there from the beginning. But then the, the author goes on in verse 5. He says, but in the, in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. So God's rest is there for the people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter it because they disobeyed God. This, is, this part, he's, he's referencing the people of Israel. He's, he's kind of talking about ex, the, the events around Exodus 20, around the, the, early, the early Israelites, who God offered them this promised land. Remember, he takes them out of Egypt, and he offers to take them into the promised land as a place of rest. There's all throughout the, the Old Testament, that's kind of a, a, what, they, what it, that the promised land was known for. It was a place where they could finally rest. But they refused to believe God, and you're probably familiar with the story, ended up um, not believing what God said about the promised land, that it was theirs to take, and they disobeyed him, and so they ended up wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. And a whole generation never made it into their place of rest. So this is, this is what the, the author's talking about. And then, in, but look at verse seven. He says, so God set another time for entering his rest. And that time is today. That phrase, that time is today, what he's, what's the author talking about? He's talking about Jesus. He's saying that we have been given a new chance for rest. A new level of Sabbath. See, we couldn't do it through the law. We couldn't, couldn't be good enough to earn the rest. We failed at that. But then Jesus came and by his death and his life and his resurrection and his forgiveness of our sins, we have a second chance at rest. This is an eternal rest. And not just a rest that starts when you die, a rest that, that can be a part of our lives now. When we remember the Sabbath, we are telling Jesus and the world that we are choosing his rest over our own efforts. When we participate in observing the Sabbath, we are literally testifying to the sacrificial work of Jesus to ourselves, to our family, and to those who would watch our lives. We're reminding ourselves and testifying that Jesus, not our own effort, will bring the peace and the rest that we need. That's why it's so important. It's more than just a rule. Observing the Sabbath, it's not only uh, uh, points to Jesus, but it's also just needed for our own growth. 
We can go back to, you know, God created it and he created it for a reason. It's like a, a muscle when you work out, you know, you, you lift weights and you, you, you lift and you lift and you, how do you build muscle? You tear that muscle in the lifting, right? And it gets sore and it hurts and then the acid builds up and, you know, does all of its thing. Why do we work out? Why do we do that to get stronger? But the strength doesn't come in the lifting. The strength comes in, in the resting. If you never get the rest and you're just constantly working out, you just keep tearing and tearing and tearing. Eventually you do, you do irreparable damage, right? If you don't ever give those muscles, if you don't give that time for your body to rest and recover, to get stronger than you were, what you end up doing is actually just injuring yourself. God created us for rest, and when we, don't, when we don't listen, we hurt ourselves because it's in the rest that we grow. Every living thing has rhythm, rhythms built into its life. You know, we live in the, the technology age, and um, it, it's, a, it, it's got some great advantages for sure. But one of, the, one of the downsides is we have kind of absorbed like this machine mentality that, that the idea and the, the, the best something can be is if it's just always able to be on, right? It just and that never has to stop and it just goes forever and, and it's smooth and, and there's no interruption to it. But you know, that, that is only a goal and only a thing in artificial life. In everything else in life, there are cycles. There are seasons to harvest, to growth, to animals. Everything has, has a season. We sing a song um, based on a Bible verse. Uh, <laughs> but it's true. And if we don't understand that, if we don't embrace that, if we allow this kind of machine mentality to, to invade us to where we just try and make every day an efficient uh, repeat of the day before it, we create something that's artificial, not organic. And the monotony will drive us insane. We need space for God to speak and identify our needs. Sometimes we avoid a Sabbath day because if we're honest, or maybe it's not even as a, as that cognitive, but we avoid it because we're afraid of what, what happens when the noise of the week of the day go away of the things that pop up because the distraction, the, those tasks, those, those chores, the work, the email, the, the whatever, they, they can serve a purpose to hide issues, to hide guilt, to hide hurt, to hide problems in our hearts and our minds. And when we take a, when we, when we create a space, when we turn down the, that, that life noise, it's like um, sometimes on the stage uh, when we're, you know, doing sound check or whatever, sometimes, especially, sometimes if we turn everything on and, and the bass over there, if there's not someone actually plugged in, there will be this like, and it's really annoying but it's only annoying when no one else is playing. If the band is rocking, if they're playing, you, you can't really hear it. It's only when the band stops that all of a sudden this, you know, comes out. It doesn't get louder. It was always there. You just didn't notice it because there, everything else was, was louder than it. This is part of the reason why, why God has given us this, wants us to have this space because it's in those, those moments of space that he can, he can sometimes get our attention and we can identify areas that he needs to work and do work in. 
Cohen, uh, my son, he, <laughs> he's, like, he's like his father. He, he tends to, um, during the day, um, there, there's always more things that he would rather do than eat, right? There's always, there's just, there's, there's, you know, there's TV and games and running around and, you know, chasing his sister and whatever. Like everything is more important than eating for Cohen all day long until it's bedtime. Because all of those other options are no longer on the table. We're not playing. We're not, right? We're not, we're not doing any of those things. We're just, it's time to settle and go to bed. And it's in that moment that he realizes, I need food. <laughs> and so it's not uncommon that, you know, if bedtime's at 7.30, in our house many times from 7.30 to 8.30, Cohen is eating the entire house. This is what we do. It's only when, when we put ourselves in a position at times where everything else gets stripped away that we realize that we're hungry. And it's not always enjoyable. Sabbath isn't just meant to be fun, although it is and it can be. But it's more important than that. It's also about literally saving our life. It's a diagnostic tool. It's an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to get at your heart. It's important. So that's the, that's the case. I hope I've made it. I've, I've built my, <laughs> that's why we need to observe the Sabbath and make it, make it an important part. So how do we do it? What does that look like? Um, I, we can't really just take the Old Testament kind of um, rules for Sabbath living and apply them to us, just cut and paste. That's not going to work. I would, not, I would not suggest trying that. Um, there's a lot of really weird rules you're not going to understand because you don't own any of the things that they had, right? You don't have, you probably didn't come here in a donkey. Um, so, and you don't have manna being dropped at your front door, I don't think. If you do, let me know. I'd love to see some. But you don't have God magically, supernaturally providing you meals every morning and, you know, to... to, to to just gather up for, for the extra Sabbath day. Um, so you can't just copy and paste what worked for them. But I do think there are some principles we can glean from them on how we can observe the Sabbath in a meaningful, God-honoring way ourselves. And so I wanted to give you some today. Um, first is, how do, we, how do we observe the Sabbath? First part, um, by, it says right in it, make it holy. Observe, remember the Sabbath by making it holy. What does holy mean? Set apart. What does set apart mean? Different. Your Sabbath should look different than the rest of your week. I mean, that's just a, I mean, it's over, it's very simple, but it's, that's just a great way to start. Look at that Sabbath. Are, 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 you, are you remembering the Sabbath? Are you honoring the Sabbath? Well, look at it and compare it to the other six days. Does it look different? If the answer is no, then the answer is no. So we need to make it holy. We need to make it set apart. How do we do that? Here's a couple of, of general ideas. Because... As Jesus said in, in the New Testament, he said that, you know, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And when he said that, matter of fact, Jesus and the Pharisees got into it over the Sabbath more than just about any other topic in the New Testament. And the reason was Jesus understood and was trying to help everybody understand the, what we've been talking about, the purpose of the Sabbath. It's not just an opportunity to follow a bunch more rules. And he was, he was always trying, arguing with them about that point. Um, and so we, we need to, to figure out how we're going to do this. So the, the second tip is make a list of, of the do's. Things you're going to do. You should have a, a list of things that you will do on the Sabbath. Activities that give you rest and connection. Sharing a meal with family might be one. It might not. 
This is going to be highly personal. <laughs> for some of you, for some of us, sharing a meal with family is, is, is a great way to connect to God and others and to share in some rest. For some of you, you should never <laughs> hang out with certain parts of your family on your Sabbath because it will be anything but restful. So what will you do? What, what provides rest? What provides space in your life? What provides an opportunity to direct your thoughts towards the Lord? Maybe take a nap. I saw, I saw a t-shirt the other day, a uh, couple days ago. I, I would, if I'd have seen it a couple days earlier, I would have worn it, bought it and worn it this morning, but it wasn't enough time. You might have seen it like on Facebook or Amazon or whatever. Just said, uh, Jesus take, took naps. Be like Jesus. <laughs> and it's kind of, it sounds silly, but it's true. And that is, a, that is a, a, an actual part, great part of, of a way to observe the Sabbath is to physically rest. Spend extra time with the Lord. Intentional time of, of playing with your kids. Maybe set some specific activity. Or uh, One of the articles I was, re- I was reading this week, uh, one of the parents, one of their ideas was to have a special set of like Sabbath toys that only come out during, during Sabbath so that it's you know, something special for the kids and also you know better chance it'll occupy them for a little bit and Make a list of the things prayerfully. You know, ask, spend some time, ask the Lord, what, what are the things that should be on my list of things that I can do, I should do, I, I, can, I can participate in during my Sabbath? And then the second thing is make a list of the things that, that you won't do. So there's things that we do do, but there should be things that we, that we abstain from during the Sabbath. And these don't necessarily mean they're, doesn't necessarily mean they're sinful or they're wrong. It just means they're not necessarily restful. Golf. There are some golfers that, that golfing would fit into a Sabbath day for them because when they go out, it's relaxing, they're in nature, they enjoy it, maybe they're with a friend. There are some golfers that should never go golfing on their Sabbath because, you know, there's like a 30% chance one of their clubs is going to be wrapped around a tree by the end of the day. What are the things that distract from your connection with God and your connection with rest? Maybe there's certain media types that you're just going to abstain from. Um, obviously, just ordinary work. We turn off the email. We don't go into the office. We, don't, we ignore calls from people at the office. We don't... We don't we chores, you know, we, we, we don't use, it's not just a day to catch up on housework. What are those things that will distract from your ability to rest and connect with God? Activities that, that stir up aggravation should be avoided. Media that will consume your mind in a way that does not lend itself to beauty and goodness and truth. And God, we should, we should abstain from those things to a, allow the space needed to hear that still small voice. Another idea is making sure there's space in the day to rest. This is for, this is for the, the, the list planners out there. Like, I, I, I said make lists, so some of you got really, really happy about that. And the more happy you got about that, the more this next one is for you. The, this day should not be like planned out in 15-minute increments, right? <laughs> where you're, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, to the point where like now, now you and anybody in your Sabbath bubble is stressed the whole time because we were supposed to be at our nap 10 minutes ago, and we're still you know, having a leisurely lunch and this is, we're getting behind. Come on, we got to go. 
Space. We put space in the day. It doesn't all have to be planned out down to the nanosecond. We make it, we make, observe the Sabbath by, by preparing for the Sabbath. One of dad's favorite statements is, you know, getting ready for Sunday starts on Saturday. It's the same, it's especially true with the Sabbath. What are the things that you need to do to make sure that you, when the Sabbath comes, you are ready to rest? You've already done the, the grocery shopping. You've already, whatever those things are that, you, that, that would, could potentially be a hindrance, we get those out of the way. We prepare ourselves for the day. Think of it like, like a, almost like a vacation. You know, when you go on vacation, you make preparation for the vacation. You don't, well, most, of you, most of us anyway, you don't just, you know, wake up like, oh, plane leaves in 45 minutes. All right, uh, throw some stuff in a bag and, you know, just drive to the airport. I hope everything's fine. No, we think through what needs done while we're gone. What, what, what do I need to make sure I take with me? All those things. We should, we should prepare for our Sabbath. We should look forward to our Sabbath. That's part of preparation. It's, 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 now it's, now we're, we're also in prep, preparing, we're also thinking about a day we're spending with the Lord all week long because we're, we're getting ready for it. And now grocery shopping on Friday isn't just grocery shopping because it has to be done. It's now a, in a new way an act of worship because I'm going because I'm going now because I want to spend that time obeying him. And so in a very real way, the rest of those mundane things that we have to do in our everyday lives that seemingly have no significance now can take on, if we'll look at it in a certain light, we'll take on more significance because when we do them matters. Because I'm choosing not to do it then, I'm doing it right now so that then I can obey God, then I can connect with him. So we need to be prepared and then the, the, the last one, I, I kind of touched on this before, but not getting legalistic about it. Jesus' biggest problem with the Pharisees was, uh, was largely over these, these Sabbath rules. There was all these rules, and they were constantly yelling at him for you know, doing these horrible things on the Sabbath, like healing people and feeding them. Look, this is important, and, and we should... Be intentional about it, but at the same time, this should be a freeing thing, all right? There's grace in this, and there's subjectivity to some, some degree in it. So we don't have to, we don't have to be, be, be bound up and worried and, 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 and trying, to, trying to impinge our, our Sabbath expressions on somebody else and arguing about the right way to do it. That's not Sabbath. <laughs> if we will follow these these things we will we will you will find you create for yourself a very special day a sacred day a day that's that's not just going to church and maybe your maybe sunday is your sabbath i can tell you what it's not mine and that's okay we, there is room for you to look at your life and find where your Sabbath is. You know, there's grace for that. There's, there's grace, you know, there are some people like, like that's great. But maybe you're, you know, maybe you're a, a single mom or just a young family and, and you know, working multiple jobs. You go, I don't have, I, I mean, there's just not, I just, you don't, you genuinely don't feel like you have, it, have a day to give. You know what? Start with what you can. Can you do four hours? Can you do six? You know? 
the Lord, the Lord works with us. This is, this is supposed to be something that sets us free, not, not keeps us in bondage. So talk with the Lord and ask for help. This is where community comes in. You know, some, of a, some people in this room, maybe, maybe the solution to your Sabbath issue is partnering up with somebody else or another family and saying, hey, we do the Sabbath, and let's be honest, resting with kids, young kids, <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe you need to partner up with another family and say, look, Sundays, we'll both do Sabbaths, you take the kids for this section of the day and then I'll schlep them over here and I'll take them and then we can both have family Sabbath and we can both have a real Sabbath. How's that? This, whatever you do, it, sh- it, it just make it intentional. Sorry, if the worship team wants to come back up, we're gonna, I should have called you guys up a minute ago. Um, we're gonna close our time with just uh, with, with a, a, a moment of worship, but um, two things before that. Uh, one is a practical thing, and then just a kind of a prayer note. Um, what, so what, what I've done to kind of help us, this is not a, there's no magic in this, obviously, um, is I, I created a little, little exercise, a little paper physical Sabbath planner, if you will. And I have um, out here, I have, uh, there's copies of this on your way out. If you're, if you're in, the, in the room and want to grab one on your way out, they're there. They've also, for those online, in the description, there should be a link where you can get the, the PDF of this. Um, and it's, you know, it's nothing complicated. It's just um, a place for you to, to, to state exactly what day and what hours you're going to observe the Sabbath. There's a list of the, I will do these things, or I can do these things, and I won't do these things. Um, I, sh- I, I should mention this because I didn't, I didn't earlier. It was in my notes. Um, another thing to consider is conversation topics. There are some things that, like our Sabbath talk, that like we should be intentional about having conversations, talking with people, our family, our friends, you know, about the Lord or about the good things of life, about blessing, about what's really going on in our lives. And there's some conversations we shouldn't have on Sabbath, right? It wouldn't be the end of the world if you went a day without talking politics, I'm just saying. And then on the, the, the back of this, the, the sheet, there's actually, there's just a list for uh, Sabbath prep, just a, pl- a space for you to kind of think through your preparation. What do, you, what do you need to do a week out? What do you need to do a day out so that you're ready for it? So if you want, if you're interested in that, you take advantage of, of that. I hope if it's useful, great. If not, just be intentional in, in, in the way that works for you. Um, we're going to close with, with, a, with a song. Um, but as we, I, we sing the song, as I was kind of finishing my preparation, I, I felt like the Lord just wanted to kind of highlight um, and pray. I want to pray for, for any of you out there that, that uh, maybe are struggling in the area of, of rest. That you would describe your, your life as restless. And that, that doesn't, we're all busy, right? But, or, or not, you know, maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're looking for, for work. Maybe you're, um, or maybe you're in a, in a part of your life where, you know, you're, you have plenty of space in your schedule, but you're still restless, because true rest isn't about level of activity. It's about level of anxiety. And God wants to, God wants to even now, wants to be your rest. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, for I will give you rest. We can have 
We can have the rest. We don't need, we don't need, you don't need every circumstance in your life to be fixed to have rest. If we will learn to trust and to fall into, into God and, to, and allow Jesus to take that anxiety, take that burden on him and not try and be your own savior. That's how the Israelites failed in the first place. That's how we needed Jesus to come was we tried to do it on our own and we can't. So if you're, if you're online today or you're here in this room and, and you look at your life and you, you say, you know, I, I have a lot of, I know I cram my life full of distractions. The radio's on, the TV's always on, the, the, the people are, I can't stop talking, whatever it is, because if, I, if there's silence, I just, the anxiety just whew, fills up. I encourage you in this, in this moment to, to give that to the Lord. I'm gonna pray for you and, uh, and we're gonna sing a song together to, to kind of close our time. So God, we, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for this amazing gift you've given us called Sabbath. God, forgive us for not taking it more seriously. Forgive us for being disobedient. But God, would you, would, would you not only forgive us, would you also show us how, how to remember your day well? How, what that looks like for each one of us. And God, I want to uh, pray a, a, just a special moment, a special blessing on, on those that are struggling this morning with, with restlessness. God, would you, Holy Spirit, would you invade those hearts with your peace, the peace that passes all understanding, the, the rest for our, our souls that only your spirit can provide. God, would you, would you just shower those people with your, with your love and your comfort that they would be able to acknowledge and accept the lack of control that they have in their life and that it's okay because you are the one that is in control. We love you, Lord. Amen.